This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Welcome to the show here today as I visit with Heidi Kolbeck Erlocker. She is the Senior Policy Associate with the Center for Rural Affairs. Heidi, I know the Center for Rural Affairs works with a lot of different things. We are going to talk specifically about grazing and solar panels today. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for having me on today. Yes, I am a policy associate with the center, and we do work on a variety of issues that affect the rural quality of life. We have an office in uh, Nebraska, Lyons, Nebraska, and in Nevada, Iowa, and I am remotely based in Brandon, South Dakota. I work on issues that affect kind of clean energy development in the region and also legislative items in the state. The Center for Rural Affairs, as I mentioned, does a lot of different kinds of work. Can you tell us a little bit more? Just give me an overview of the Center for Rural Affairs. Yes. So the center, um, like I said, is based in Lyons, Nebraska, and we have multiple kind of arms within the organization. There is the policy aspect, which is what I work on. And so following following policies that affect the rural quality of life, anything from healthcare, clean energy, ag, the environment, all of those sort of items. And then we also have a farm and community team that does a lot of our on the ground work and uh, has staff based in local communities doing uh, project based things um, and engaging those rural community members. Then we also have a lending arm and we do um, lending services for small businesses throughout Nebraska. And of the projects is grazing on solar. Yes. So one of the areas that I focus on as a policy associate is clean energy development and clean energy uh, projects such as wind and solar sites are often built in rural areas. And so there's some concern about, um, you know, how that land in those areas is stewarded. And so when you have a solar site, it obviously takes up land. And so we are interested in learning about ways that that land can be best utilized, not only for the benefits of clean energy development, but also for things like conservation, um, agriculture, and solar grazing is a tool that can be utilized to keep that land in an agricultural usage and provide some environmental benefits to the site. So we produced a fact sheet looking at the benefits of solar grazing, and that's what I'm here to chat with you today about. All right. And the fact sheets that were developed, is it taking information, data, findings from several different sites across the United States, or did you focus just on one general area? Yeah, absolutely. We do very comprehensive research. So looking at studies that have been done and research that is happening, uh, we are actually part of a collaborative effort with the National Center for Appropriate Technology to develop an agri-solar clearinghouse of research and information for people about this uh, process. So we have researchers from different universities that are involved. We have nonprofit organizations and other um, specialists in the area who are contributing to this work. And so we are really looking at the hard kind of data and putting that together to be able to produce digestible uh, fact sheets that can be utilized by um, developers, com- community members, um, decision makers who are looking at um, citing those sorts of things. So really looking at that comprehensive base of information. Heidi, what kind of data are you mining? What kind of data are you putting together and putting out there for people? Yeah, so solar grazing is part of a 
a slew of different techniques that can be used to combine agriculture with clean energy. And that term is called agrovoltaics. And so not only is solar grazing part of that, but also, you know, growing things at the site, utilizing hay, um, those sort of things. So continuing to utilize the land at the sites in a way that is still beneficial for agriculture. And so with solar grazing, instead of utilizing traditional techniques like mowing or weed whipping, using uh, uh, chemical measures to manage vegetation at the sites, you bring in livestock to manage. And sheep are really the very best animals for that job. Um, They are not... um, found to be a nuisance to the equipment. They are small, they can fit under the panels, they're able to utilize the shade, and then combining, uh, you know, a usage of kind of native vegetation and suitable uh, plants for grazing at the site, you're able to, you know, have that grand and continuous cover, which helps with you know, water retention, um, all sorts of environmental benefits for wildlife, those sort of things. Um, And then you have the sheep coming through and grazing the sites. And this opportunity to have sheep at the sites allows um, farmers another uh, avenue for their livestock to have grazing opportunities and also for them to be paid for a valuable service of providing these grazing services at the sites. So one neat aspect that we found in this is that solar grazing can be a good choice for farmers who maybe don't have a lot of land. We were able to interview um, one such beginning farmer who didn't have enough really land that he owned to be able to accommodate both the cows that he had and the sheep. And so he was able to do solar grazing as a way to benefit his sheep herd um, and expand you know, his operation that way and be able to contribute to his farm income. So we just see kind of multiple levels of benefits with this practice. And we were wanting to kind of put that out there for consideration to the public. It sounds like there is a tremendous amount of benefits. Are there any drawbacks or cons to doing this? You know, it's something that we would encourage developers to think about beforehand um, in the planning stages of their project. Not that sites that are already built couldn't build this in, but it does require a little bit of thinking. How is water going to be accessed at the site? Is that something that will need to be brought in or is there water at the site? Um, You know, what kind of safety measures need to be in place to have the animals um, on the property, you need to, you know, think about being able to put together um, contracts that spell out, you know, how the grazing will be done and who is allowed at the site and all of those sort of things that both, you know, those contracts serve both parties. So I would say just the planning aspect of having that done in advance um, it will make for a smoother transition and make it more accessible. As far as cost, we found that the cost is either similar or most of the research points to it being less over time than managing with a traditional mowing. Grazing seems to have the advantage of being less costly. Heidi, how long is the lifespan of, is it called a field of panels, a field of solar panels, or what is the terminology on that first off, I guess? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so the the panels, the site, okay. um, the the project, basically, um, that you would say they're probably between twenty to thirty, and some sites they're seeing are continuing on past thirty years. So the ground would be in 
you know, that management um, for a long time, which we've seen, you know, when ground rests that that way, um, it can have some real um, strong benefits for the environment and for the land. And, you know, one thing about solar sites is that it's not permanently um, changing the site. So if after the end of the lease period, the landowner would like to put that back into production, they're able to do so um, because it's not changing the landscape or um, affecting the, the ground the way that, you know, something else might. Okay. All right. Good to know that. Do we have a lot of landowners slash producers that are, are using solar panels at this time, or are we just kind of getting into it and emerging into it right now? The solar industry is growing very rapidly. Um, so we are expecting to see a very significant increase in solar development in the near future. Um, it's being forecasted across the industry as we transition to um, different forms of, of energy development over time. And so we are anticipating that more land will be put into solar development. And so again, that just brings the importance of those good land management practices right up to the forefront, because if we're going to be, you know, putting that land into production, you know, solar energy production, then um, we should be looking at the way that we steward the, the environment and the land. And how difficult is it to get the energy credits put onto the system or to get into the meters? Generally, that is negotiated with the developer and the utility ahead of time. Yep. So that's all put into place. I know you mentioned another organization. Uh, do you have you also worked with any of the academia, the uni land grant universities, anything like that? You know, for we're just getting started in this project, and so for this, we focused on actually interviewing solar grazing experts that are actually doing the practice. So we were able to um, interview Minnesota Native Landscapes, which is now called MNL, um, and they do contract grazing and have their own herd as well as work with collaborative collaborating um, farmers who also work for them in managing the sites. Um, so we are you know, looking uh, to learn a little bit more about the practice itself by interviewing people who are doing it. But our engagement with the AgriSolar Clearinghouse is really exciting because we're able to develop those connections with more of the um, researchers who are on the ground in this really kind of emerging field. And I imagine at some point, if you hadn't already, you'll probably be working with lawmakers and even state agencies who are looking at this information from um, the standpoint of grants and, and resources from the government? You know, we are hoping that with putting this information out, that it encourages decision makers to think about potential policies that might um, bene benefit the land this way. So we've seen in um, New Jersey and uh, Massachusetts, they have several programs that have been in place by lawmakers to incentivize the use of agrovoltaics and solar grazing at sites. So this can be done in a couple of different ways. One would be um, kind of an increase on the credit amount that you're able to get for the energy produced at sites like this. And another would also be through changing um uh, kind of providing some tax benefits uh, for utilizing the practice. So there's a couple of different ways that that can be done and um, that can go all the way down to the local level as far as uh, where those changes can be made to incentivize the practice. But we're hoping, you know, again, this is another area that we're really excited to learn more about and think about um, ways to put it, put out more information about effective policies for this kind of practice. 
This has been a very informational interview. It's it's kind of fun to talk about these new things that are coming up and that you and I will probably see more and more of and have been able to talk about. Is there anything else to add to this that I haven't asked or thought about? No, you did a great job asking questions and I'm just really excited to be here and be able to share this information about the research that we're doing and we're looking to looking forward to learn so much more. And thank you, Lori, for taking the time to have me on today. I want to thank my guests for being on the show here today, Heidi Kolbeck Erlocker. She is the Senior Policy Associate for the Center for Rural Affairs. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.